The Dragon Rewrite is brought to you by the Armadillo Podcasting Club. Did you know that the Aiel, who live in the Aiel Wastes, are armadillos? Oh. It's very subtle, but the clues are all there. You know how they're uh, seven feet tall and pale skin and they have light hair, just like armadillos. That's <laughs> perfect sense. <laughs> For more armadillo-related facts, to find out how you can access episodes a day early and to see some cool merchandise, visit us at armadillo.club. turns and ages come and pass, leaving memories that become podcasts. Hello there, welcome to The Dragon Reread. We're rereading Robert Jordan's Wheel of Time series of fantasy novels. I'm Jeff Lake. I'm Alice Sullivan. And I'm Micah Sparkman. And today we're covering chapters 7 through 10 of A Memory of Light, book 14 of The Wheel of Time. Last time. Previously, Pavandrel and the Black Tower Good Boys, that's what I'm calling them, undertake a stealthy mission to free the captured Loghain. When I say stealthy, I mean like how I play stealth games. There are no witnesses if everyone is dead. <laughs> uh, but their plan falls apart when Tame's Black Tower bad boys drop a building on them. Uh, so that's sad, I guess. Meanwhile, Rand has his big announcement, the Dragon's Peace, in hopes of a future that isn't as garbage as the last time around. Naturally, everyone is against it. He goes head-to-head with Gwen, and it predictably devolves into childish name-calling. Luckily, at that very moment, Moraine shows up and uses her encyclopedic knowledge of dragon prophecy to turn things around. Before the ink has even dried, Rand sends his newly acquired armies to join the fight at Tarwin Gap with <clears throat> suspiciously cinematic timing. But still, Lan is saved as Rand moves to the next item on his dragon to-do list. Negotiate peace with an evil empire of slavers. And maybe also free the slaves, but, uh, you know, not if they, they're not into it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's like low priority, right? Right. Well, you got to compensate people for their property, don't you know? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Chapter 7. Into the Thick of It. Icon of the tree. Was this tree? I don't remember this tree. Isn't that, uh, I assume every tree is of Entasaur, right? Well, no, that was a different tree, wasn't it? Oh, yeah. Is this the, this is the blighted tree. Is this the blight thing? No, there was a blight. The blighted tree had like a little blighted apple hanging from its blighted limb. Oh. So, so this is another tree. This is, it has a moon behind it. Maybe it's for the ogier? Oh, yeah, I bet that's it. Oh, it's maybe it's an ogier tree. Because everybody heads out of Rand's tent, uh, where they've all signed the, the dragon constitution. The yeah. dragon constitution. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and they find that they're surrounded by a grove of great trees. Yeah. yeah so that's a thing he can do now. Is yeah. Grow a nosier grove. When, when he's just worked up, that just happens. Trees. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, so Elaine gets down to business as the high commander of the dragon army. For some reason, <laughs> yeah. he's like, uh, I guess I need like maps or something. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Maps would be good. Uh, luckily, Gareth Bryan steps in. He's like, uh, yes, your majesty. I have some maps because I'm an actual military commander. <laughs> I did find a sentence that I think really sums up Elaine in these last few books. I'm always careful, Elaine said absently. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll see how that goes. Yeah, hasn't she sworn the, the three oaths? Like, I'm not sure she should be able to say that phrase, right? Because she thinks she's being careful. Because yeah. she's crazy. Yeah, she yeah. is. Yeah, yeah, she thinks like throwing herself into like taking preparations before throwing herself into these incredibly dangerous scenarios for no reason. That's being careful. Yeah. But yeah, she talks over the battle plans with the four great captains and it just so happens they've got four great captains. Yeah. And they've I, got four battlefronts in their, their plans. Yeah. Well, I, I just, uh, I do think it's interesting that, uh, you know, they were, they were there, right? The four great captains of the world were there and Rando's like, 
You're right. I you, like, my girlfriend. My girlfriend, like, yeah. yeah. He's like looking down the crowd. Who should it be? And it passes Gareth Bryan and Rodel Iteralde, the wolf of Aradoman, and Davram Bashir. And who was the other guy? Agomar. And Agomar. Even Agomar is there. That guy from the first book. Remember Agomar? Yeah, the, the, the Borderlander great captain who yeah. knows how to fight Shadowspawn. Yeah, the guy who fights Trollocs all day, every day. Yeah. And like, and then over to Elaine, who's like, you know, sitting there daydreaming about a new way to throw herself off a cliff. Like, her game is not perfect. Okay. <laughs> Yeah. It's like her. <laughs> yeah. It's, and, and well, she's like, invincible because of the prophecy. Right. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and, and like, you know, they're planning their war and, you know, they have the, as you mentioned, they have four commanders and four battlefronts um, and, uh, you know, teleportation. So that does actually make everything a lot easier. Yeah. Um, but I think it is interesting that everyone agrees that they should save Camelon first. Right. Like mm. uh, <laughs> Elaine, the, huh. the head of all of the, the militaries. <laughs> Her city is. So it's the, like first things first. Let's take care of my palace. <laughs> it's like you know everyone else. Everyone else is into it, but like I think the subtext here is that like every time the conversation turns away from retaking Camelin, Elaine starts juggling fireballs and glaring or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like or or yeah. Camelin. Yeah, Camelin's a good idea. Yeah. Yeah. Do you guys remember that time I, I I learned how to kill somebody so hard it goes back in time and kills them back in the past? You guys remember that? Yeah. Anyway, about the battle plan. Camelin first. <laughs> I mean, I know we like to shit on Elaine and Rand's decision, but on the other hand, she immediately does get the Aeol into line when they're trying to be all Aeol-y. She does, yeah. She's yeah. all like honor stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I guess that's that's supposed to be what she's good at. She also uh, suggests that they tap the Black Tower, which is a great idea, unless you know what's going on in the Black Tower right now. Yeah, yeah. Luckily, that. Perrin's like, eh, maybe slow your roll on that. <laughs> yeah, uh, about that. Yeah, there's something weird going on in the Black Tower. Maybe, yeah. maybe not that. I mean, the ratio of like, you know, Ashaman to Dreadlords is kind of slipping against our, our way here. <laughs> yeah. And, but they agree on the plan. The plan is to kind of hold tight on all the fronts except for Camelin and kill that one first. Uh, take care of that one first. That's the idea. And yeah. So, so we have Aglemar who goes to Tarwin's Gap because he's like a Borderlander guy. Makes sense. Gareth Bryan goes to Kandor because I guess he's with the White Tower and the yeah, White Tower. Yeah, he's in the there. White Tower there for some reason. Yeah. Um, and Davron Bashir goes to Andor... Uh, I don't know why. I, don't, I guess uh, because they just didn't want to send Gareth Bryan. I I think okay, this is my the reason, right? Yeah. It. I feel really bad for Iteralde, right? Right. Because every time somebody looks at him, they're like, his hands are shaking. Like <laughs> he's totally not recovered from a horrible experience. Yeah. <laughs> so he's gonna lead the battle at Shyall Gulf, straight to the heart of darkness. <laughs> I know, right? It's like, oh god, poor Iteralde, man. He just can't catch a break. <laughs> he's had a bad few months. Yeah. yeah. He, like he was gonna die. Like 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 last book, right? Like he like he was. Like, several uh, times. Several yeah. times, yeah. Like, just fighting a, a losing battle, yeah. Yeah. And they're giving him the Aiel, who on one hand are amazing, like, super soldiers, but on the other hand are very difficult to work with. Yeah. 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 He's, got a, he's got a tough job. And they're going to march into, the, you know, Mount Doom or whatever. I, I don't know how Shaogul connects with Mount Doom. Uh, yeah, I think they're the same place. So there's, like, what is it, like, uh, Thak- Th- uh, is it Thakandar is, like, the... The, the principality, the state, the state of Thakandor. <laughs> I forgot about Thakandor, Thakandor yeah. So, I, I, every time I try, I think of one of these things, I have to like stop myself. It's like, is that Lord of the Rings? Wait, is Mount Doom, is that Lord of the Rings? <laughs> uh, uh, D, yeah, Doom with an O, not Doom with, Doom with an H, right? That's the, <laughs> yeah, that's the difference. Yeah. Uh, and then I guess Perrin gets the over oversight of Mer- the fields of Marilor, which they treat as their kind of like central command. Yeah, I guess so. He's going to be like the, yeah. the Praetorian Guard or something. Yeah. And then the Ogier show up. Yeah. They're like, yeah. Rand made some great trees. And the Ogier showed up just in time to, to really appreciate him. Yeah. And, uh, you know, uh, Loyal's there, recently married. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's seems, into it. Yeah, he seems generally in favor of the idea. Yeah. yeah. So apparently his his big 
their big debate over whether they should fight in the last battle or, or just piss off uh, was one in favor of fighting. Yay! Yeah. And, uh, and the Elder Haman is sort of like, oh, well, I guess we made the right decision. Look at these trees. <laughs> this is great. Yeah, that's true. And uh, Elaine wants Perrin to handle all the logistics and stuff, which is a weird decision. Yeah, I, I don't, I'm not sure I understand that. Yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, I guess his loyalty to Rand is unquestioned and his ability to splat people with his magic hammer also pretty, <laughs> pretty renowned. Right. But like logistics? He's, truly, he's just a blacksmith, Elaine. <laughs> yeah. I mean, luckily, Fael offers yeah. to step in. And yeah. this is something that she is very good at. Yeah. yeah and there's this nice bit where Elaine's like, she doesn't like this idea because she doesn't trust Fael, although she trusts Perrin for some reason, even though he's a rebel. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and, and and she's like, can I can I talk to you beside Perrin? He's like, sure, but I'm going to tell her exactly what you said. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, there's no point. I'm just going to, like, literally everything you say. I'm just gonna... <laughs> <laughs> Which I thought would yeah. be great of him. Yeah, has zero zero secret. Yeah. Um, but, but yes, so but, but, going to handle this stuff, and she's good at it. Yes, but but I think the, the idea is that Elaine is picking Perrin not because he has any skill at... Uh, at logistics, but because of the the secret thing that they're planning on doing with those supplies, which is oh, transporting right, yeah. the Horn of Belier. Co- a cover to transport the Horn of Belier. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> was was Fael there during the Horn of Belier thing? Uh, she was one of the hunters of the Horn, yeah. right? Yeah. That's originally. But was she? But was she there when it was blown? Uh, and that's fallen. a good question. I don't think so. I don't. I don't. Remember. I actually don't remember. Yeah. I yeah. don't think she. I don't think she was. That was a long time ago. It was yeah, like. So, Ten books ago. I guess it's kind of nice that she's going to find the horn kind of in a sort of way. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, and, and so so really what they're trying to do is get the horn of Valir to the same place that Matt is at whatever the right moment is. But like Matt is in Ebudar. What are you doing, Matt? I know, right? Like, uh, uh, yeah, I don't. I mean, I have a I have a suspicion as to what he's doing in Ebudar. Or sorry, who he's doing in Ebudar. <laughs> Um, oh come on, Matt! But, uh, it's not the time. Yeah, I don't know. But honestly, though, like based on what we know about Matt, like, what they should do is just tuck the the horn of Valir into his backpack. Don't tell him about it, and then like whenever whenever it needs to happen, it's just gonna happen, right? <laughs> yeah. He's gonna he's gonna slip and slip on a wet rock, and and the horn's gonna fly into his mouth, and he's gonna blow it again <laughs> at exactly the right time to save the world. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, like if he knows about it, he'll probably just you know blow it every time he wants to like. Win a bet or something, but like <laughs> yeah. you know, just, just make it so he doesn't know he has it, right? Yeah. Uh, then we cut to Lan. Uh, Lan is in charge of the gap, and uh, King Asr is there also, and they they have like a, a discussion over how they're going to do it. Lan wants to you know fight here forever and die because that's Lan's whole thing, and Asr is like, no, 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 you got to like do like a retreating action to bleed the trolls as much as possible. You can't just die. Everybody needs you. Uh, and Lan makes a, a mental jab at Rand. You guys catch that? He's no. like, oh, I, yeah, I understand that. I want to stay here, but I realize my duty is to is to fight smartly and leave Malkir behind. I'm not some stupid sheep herder from a backwater town that doesn't understand his duty. Wow. Oh, damn. Like, wow, Land. Dude, Land. Jeez. He's like a little, little caddy on the inside. Yeah. Um, but I get, but I mean, like, all things considered, like, Land was pretty sure he was going to be dead an hour ago. So, I mean, good, good for him, right? Absolutely. And he gives a, a kind of nice speech to his guys. About how, how great it is, you know. You guys smile. This is awesome. This is this is what we, we do all the time. And uh, then they go back to attack the Trollocs some more. Lan's gonna be doing a lot of charging the Trollocs. Yeah, I think so. In this book, I think uh, I liked how Lan got some Ashaman and he's been using them exclusively for logistics. And he's like, only a dumbass would use these guys to fight battles. <laughs> <laughs> we gotta move people around. That's what it's all about. I mean, 
I get that. Like, he's not wrong that, that they're very <laughs> useful for that. But, like, remember that time that, that Rand killed 100,000 Trollocs by himself? He did. It's true. And yeah. that was awesome. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I'm just, yeah, I'm just saying. You know, not, <laughs> not that every Ash- Ashaman is, like, you know, able to kill 100,000 Trollocs. But, like, if one Ashaman can kill... 20,000 Trollocs. Well, That's still pretty good, right? Imagine if, you, if you're if you fighting a war and you've got five helicopters, right? And the helicopters are really good at flying around and shooting people, but they're super good at flying people around uh, and not being in danger and not getting shot down. That is true. Mm-hmm. And that is very useful. Teleportation is, is a, a huge military advantage. Yeah. Chapter 8. That smoldering city. Icon of the Lion. Elaine travels in with her large army to the burning Camelin. Yeah. She looks over the, the giant asshole that Tom Lennon's put in her wall. Yeah. Uh, I, you know, when you think about how many books Elaine spent winning this city, you know, I just, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about this, you know? I think it was a giant waste of time. Yeah. I thought it was a waste of time at the time. Yeah. <laughs> and now that we know that Camelin's just burning, burning all the way down. And I kind of feel like Elaine is just screwing with us when she sits there and she thinks, huh, I was only king of that city for... 100 days, like yeah. nothing. Mm-hmm. All that effort I put into it. Seems like it was a big waste of time. Huh? <laughs> Looks at the camera. Yeah. <laughs> and then Bashir and Elaine have a plan to lure the Trollocs out into the woods and uh, and get them with the, the Two Rivers guys in the Aiel. Yeah, forest full of archers, a uh, shitload of uh, oil too, right? Interesting, yeah. Yeah, yeah. and they, well, they, they, they're using the oil, like first Bashir talks her into... Uh, coming out of the closet about Rand's babies. Yeah. Yep. I'm not sure why she was keeping that a secret anyway. Share the baby daddy because it would make give them even more of a target on their backs. The babies? Yeah. I guess so. Yeah, yeah. But they're already... I mean, it's going to be obvious, right? They're going to be six, seven feet tall redheads. Mm. <laughs> It'll, yeah. I mean, they're not going to be born seven feet tall. No. Well, let's hope. Let's hope. Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, He's the, the breaker of wombs or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> you know who else is there? Talmanis. Talmanis. He was, he was doing fine. Yeah, he's yeah. there. He's alive. Good. He's and much Elaine, better. Elaine is bummed that he doesn't curse more. <laughs> yeah. He's like, I was hoping someone who hangs out with Matt would just be like, you know, like just a filthy potty mouth. But nope. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I, I just think this was in, interesting. So wasn't there like a whole thing where Morghese was like doing anything to keep the white cloaks out of uh, Andor? Yeah, there was, there was a lot of that stuff. And now the White Cloaks are in Andor. Yeah, and, as a, and an army. Yeah. And burning down Camelin. Yeah, huh. Well, <laughs> times change, I suppose. Yeah. Times they are changing. And they burn the city because the Trollocs are like settling in to, to live there or whatever. So they burn the city to force the Shadow Spawn out. Uh, and it's very sad. Yeah. I do think there's this this moment that like that kind of got me a little bit. It was, it was kind of funny. Uh, Elaine is talking to Davin Bashir and she's like... You know, hey, I'm uh, going to war super pregnant. That's crazy, right? And Bashir's like, you know, I once served under a guy named General Cheed who had a bunch of trees chopped down for looking at him. Uh, and then yeah. he held a funeral for those trees. <laughs> and then he, he gave a speech at their funeral. So, no, you're fine. Yeah. <laughs> it's right middle of the road, really. Yeah. yeah. the commanders. Yeah. And, uh, but yeah. 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 Then we cut to uh, Andral and Pavara, who are bound. They survived the cave-in. Not dead. Yeah. And uh, Tame is having all of their guys turned to the dark one by one. This yeah. was very spooky. Yeah, I was like, this is like kind of like grim torture kind of thing where they're all tied up and one by one they're being dragged away screaming. And mm-hmm. it's like they come back and they're uh, going to be evil. Yeah, right? Although, yeah. I mean, 
in terms of stress level, it seems like the guy that got turned is way, way better off now. You Much know? chiller. Uh-huh. Like, he's kind of, kind of a sweat ball, right? When this all started. Evan. Yeah. He's like, yeah. he's like, no, man, this is great. I feel yeah. so good right now. And it's like, I'm you, not worried about dude, anything. Can we, and he's like, hey, can we turn him? They're like, dude, he's, we're not going to turn him. He's, yeah, he's, 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 like, he's so crappy. No, come on, man. <laughs> but no, like he's got, he's got great personal qualities, right? That's the reason he was our leader. Like, <laughs> he really should turn, <laughs> he should this, turn guy. this guy. Yeah. Yeah. Also, if he ever gets loose, he's going to slice us all into sausage with gateways. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, Evan seems like super chill now. I mean, like, I, I don't know if you're talking about like a, an advertisement for right. why you might want to get turned. Well, yeah. Okay. So this is maybe like the first piece of evidence we have for why you would want to be a dark friend. Yeah. Right? Because it's cool, man. Yeah. You feel great. He's like yeah. so happy. He's like, oh, you know, I just don't worry anymore. It's just like, you feel great. Yeah. Chapter nine. To die well. Icon of a heron marked blade. Uh, Lan is fighting, and uh, after he fights, he fights some more, and then he fights a bit. Yeah, apparently they're doing like hourly shifts in the shadow spawn fields. You know, <laughs> yeah, it's hard work, but you know, kind of satisfying. Yeah, and he's uh, he's keeping everybody's morale up as he goes. You know, yeah. he's, he's sort of a an important leading figure. Uh, his bestie dies. Oh yeah, yeah. Len. That was like the first guy that joined him, right? Yeah, back back when the golden crane first started flying. For Tarwin's gap. Yeah, mm-hmm. he tied uh, he tied the Hadori on him in, on the kid himself. Mm-hmm. But you know, like uh, he turns it into a story time for heroic deaths of the day. You know, yeah. yeah, I don't know, still pretty grim, but you know, at least they're having a good time with it. Borderlanders, I guess. Yep. Yeah, yeah, and they and Lan is coming around and and agreeing that it's it may be time for a fighting retreat because they're not going to be able to hold the gap. Oh, also. Uh, Lan has an Ashaman stashed Bulan's body somewhere cold. Just yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Put him on ice. Yeah. So I guess like the, the mortuary fridge was invented in this moment or <laughs> <That's> something. <laughs> it's just the, the morgue mountain. Yeah. You can have a bunch of bodies there. Just it, keep them there. Just, you know, keep them for later. That seems like a frivolous use of Ashaman power. It does. Yeah. Especially considering how, well, I mean, you know, I guess it's logistics, right? Yeah. And Egwene is... Preparing to, to do the same kind of battle in Kandor. And uh, she's handling setting up a hospital, speaking of logistics, in Mayen, where they're just going to teleport everybody to to Mayen to, to be healed by ranks of Aes Sedai. Sure. Yeah. yeah that makes this, sense. This is yeah. kind of, yeah, like setting up a, a central hospital. This, this is kind of like a, this feels like a civilization like advancement, right? Like having a central hospital set up. Yeah. Can you tie off a gateway? Can you make it kind of permanent? That's a good question. I can, feel like we've read that that can happen. Uh, I don't think I... It seems like something they'd be doing a lot more if it was something that was easy to do. So maybe... I don't know. Maybe, maybe right. not. Yeah. But if... Yeah, if you just had like a, a gateway network where you could just like go to a hospital. Yeah. So they're all kind of adapting to this world where distances don't mean anything anymore. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, also, Lailwyn pledges herself to Egwene. And Egwene starts to grill her for information about Shan Chen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, time for a crash course in Shan Chen's culture. Mm-hmm. And then Rand and Elaine have a really nice dinner. Yeah. Aww. Rand is like lurking in her tent. <laughs> yeah. So he can, uh, you know, give her a good ogling, I guess. <laughs> uh, again, I guess people just really love sneaking into Elaine's tent. Yeah, it's a thing, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, so that's nice. And they, they have a nice long dinner conversation, mostly about battle tactics, partly about love. Yeah, sure. <laughs> sure. Yeah. But, uh, um, Rand also asked her not to name a kid after him because she was going to name one of the kids Rand. Can you imagine? That'd like, be a lot to live up to. Yeah, being named yeah. after your dad, the, the dragon reborn who did, who died to save the world. Yeah. Yeah, I guess so. But, I mean, they're, they're, they're going to have a lot to live up to anyway, right? Yeah. I mean, I just feel like being Rand Jr. would make it a lot worse, right? 
I kind of feel like the name Brand is probably ruined for everyone in the world now, right? Yeah, probably. Like, you're not going to name your kid Rand. We haven't met any other Rands, right? That's true. Maybe it was never much of a name to begin with. Yeah. And then, but, you know, in 10 years, it's going to be like, everyone's going to be named Rand, right? Yeah. They do a nice little present exchange. Yeah, that is nice. Yeah, this this is kind of cool. So, uh, so he gives her something called a seed that apparently is a special tool that's used to create Angreal. Yeah, it's like an Angreal seed. Yeah. Which is nice. You can start cranking those out. Well, apparently not, because it sounds like when you make an Angreal, it drains your your ability to channel for a little bit. Uh, yeah. Which I guess okay. explains why there's not very many of them around. Uh, well, they should make some of those crappy I said I do it. The novices. Uh, maybe maybe yeah. they make crappy Angreal. That's true, but crappy Angreal is better than no Angreal. That is true. Mm-hmm. So yeah, he gives her that, and she gives him uh, the, the invisibility cloak. Yeah. <laughs> from Harry Potter. No, it's a... Uh, a, a dagger that I guess makes it so you can't, so Shadow Spawn can't see you. Yeah, that's handy. That is, they could have used that like fourteen books ago. Yeah, like they could. Right now, like he's gonna every book. He's every... gonna march into Shia Gull and sword fight all the Trollocs and Mirdral in order of increasing difficulty until he gets to the Dark One himself and kills it. <laughs> right? That's his plan. Yeah, well, I, don't I think mean, he needs it. Yeah, yeah. That, that, I mean, he's going into an army, right? So <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they'll think this army is not being led by anybody. <laughs> And, uh, but that's cool. And then they, after swapping gifts, they, uh, I think they swap spit and probably some other fluids. Yeah. I, I mean, let's hope so. Yeah. They get busy all night. All night long. I mean, Rand needs to get some sleep eventually, though. Avienda right. one night, Elaine the next. Like, yeah, right? Dude. I mean, look, look, he's got some catching up to do. You know? I, I guess. I just priorities here, man. Yeah. Well, I mean, if you still got... this is why you never have three girlfriends. Yeah. <laughs> I know, right? It you... takes too much time. Yeah. Well, you know, he still hasn't had a chance to. Seal the deal with men. You know, or, I mean, uh, sorry. He's had sex with men lots I mean, of times. Yeah, I think But so. like, you know, in terms of the rounds, right? <laughs> Men's up next. I guess she is. Yeah, it's, it's her turn next. It's chapter 10. The use of dragons. I can have the lion. Uh, Perrin leads the provoking attack on the Trollocs at Camelon. It seems like it's... Okay, first of all, that's a weird choice, right? Like, why is Perrin the one leading... This yeah. provoking attack against the Trollocs. He's not like a cavalry guy. No, th- this is this is not his his expertise, right? Yeah, I, I can't even ride a horse. Does he ride horses? I mean, apparently. Yeah, he does. But wasn't he the guy that's always like, my own two feet are what's best for me? <laughs> Probably. I uh, don't think so. I remember him arguing way at the beginning with Egwene over riding Bella. Oh, yeah, yeah. They had that horse that time. Still, it's, it's an odd situation. Yeah, it is. Uh, there's a lot of odd things about this chapter. Uh, one thing is that Birgitta literally has to threaten Elaine to prevent her from going to the front herself. Yeah. yeah. Elaine's like, <laughs> like, Elaine's like yeah. it would be great if I could see what's going on. Maybe I'd just go to the, the front lines. Yeah. And, and Birgitta's like, just picks up the amulet. Yeah, like, it's got like the magic nullification amulet. Like, I will tackle you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah, it's a good thing that, uh, that Birgitta's got that because Elaine has got zero chill. Like, I, there was this moment where I was like, oh, maybe she's cooling down a little bit. Nope, not even a little. I can't understand. She's been captured so many times. Oh, <laughs> it Ber- always goes wrong. Yeah. Birgit has a nice little burn, too. Remind me why exactly I gave you one of those medallions. I'm not sure, Birgitta said. It showed remarkable foresight and an actual sense of self-preservation, completely <laughs> unlike you. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. She's right, right? right? Yeah. There's a brief cameo from Uno. Yeah, hey, you know. Yeah. How you doing? I love that Elaine doesn't pass on the opportunity to try out some of her new swears. (laughs) She calls him a son of a shepherd's boil. He's like, oh, Elaine, you got to learn what these things mean. (laughs) There are lines. Do you know what that that means? (laughs) 
Like, Uno's like, I've killed four people for calling me that. <laughs> uh. Then Elaine goes and meets with all her commanders, of which one is Abel Cawthon. Because, yeah. you know, yeah. those two river guys are just super good at I guess, I mean, fighting like military and attack? arrows what? and shit. What's a horse trader? Wasn't, wasn't Abel Cawthon one of the ones who went to fight in the Aiel Wars or no? No, I don't think so. Oh, oh okay. Abel Cawthon. Sorry, I was thinking Tam. All four. Yeah, it's not Tam. Yeah. It's, it's Matt's dad. Huh. Yeah, the horse trader. Yeah. 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 Who, uh, like, all we know about him is that he's really good at longbow and he's really bad at raising sons. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But yeah, apparently he's a commander now for some reason. Yeah, that's, that's odd. You know, it's sort of like, like they just needed a name of somebody. Who else is a commander? Oh, it's Abel Cawthon. Like even Tam was not a commander. Tam was just sort of a swordmaster guy. Yeah. Whatever. But and yeah, her, at this point she realizes that they need to step up their game because yeah. the reports from the other fronts are that they're struggling. Right. It's got to happen here so that they can reinforce land or Egwene and yeah. or Egwene. Right. And back to uh, Androl and Pavara, who have been drugged, I guess with Forkroot or something. Yeah. And Tame has dragged in Tovin, that one Aes Sedai. I do not remember Tovin. She's mm-hmm. the one that was bonded by Loghain. And oh. there's the other one who's bonded by Loghain. And the other one was having sex with Loghain. And she was scandalized by it. And she's Red Aja. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, I vaguely remember that. It happened a long time ago. Yeah. Where did they get her? Where was she? I guess, was she with Loghain the whole time? Where did they find her? She was living in the town with Loghain after he bonded her, remember? Oh, but Loghain, they captured Loghain, right? So was she not with Loghain when they... She was just hanging out? I I guess no, because he left her there. He didn't take her with him. Yeah. So, yeah, I guess. I don't know. But uh, apparently the drugging that they've done has actually prevented them from turning uh, Pavara, which is convenient. Oh, yeah, because she's out of, she's unconscious, and they yeah. have to get her to channel in order for the turning to happen. Right. And uh, also, Tame's people are apparently getting tired from all of their evil doing, so... Right, yeah. <laughs> I guess advise them some time? Yeah, that, but, I guess Tame didn't plan this out that well. You but, know who would have planned it out better? Demandred. That's <laughs> <laughs> uh, But yeah, things are still looking pretty grim over there. Yeah, and uh, it's, it's, it's getting out of hand. <laughs> And then back to Lan, uh, Lan's arm, his holding action is attacked by Dreadlords. Dozens of them. Yeah, and that changes the, kind of changes the deal a little bit. Yeah, and then they, they can't hold up against that. Yeah, they have just like, uh, just a couple of channelers, right? I think, yeah. I think a couple of Ashaman and an Aes Sedai maybe. Yeah, so they finally decide to abandon the gap and fall back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Lan does the right thing. Uh, and the reason he does it is because duty is heavier than a mountain. <laughs> really? I've but, never heard that. Well, death. Yeah. Get this, get this. No, whoa, no, no. Whoa, whoa, wait, whoa. wait, what? <laughs> In contrast, death is lighter than a feather. No. It's it's funny because like uh Egomar says that to it, right? Like they're having that conversation, <laughs> Lamb's like, Oh, I don't know, I don't think I could retreat and leave Malkir again and Egomar is like, That sounds pretty selfish and mm-hmm. like turns that around him and lands like shit, you yeah, got like, me. Yeah, it's like, Oh, that's my thing. Yeah, that's, that's my thing. That's my oh. thing. <laughs> and so they're falling back. Yep. But then we get back to Elaine, uh, and the, the Trollocs finally bite and they charge out of the city. And uh, our chase and chase Perrin and the cavalry guys back to the woods. Fun side note: Apparently, uh, Brigida has a history with the Brainwood. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Elaine's like, "Wasn't there a story about you?" And uh, Brigida's like, "Maybe." She's <laughs> like, "Didn't you lead a bunch of bandits to go rob a queen?" Yeah. yeah something like that. Yeah, I mean, like, you know, fuzzy. Yeah. <laughs> I was wondering, is that the reference back to Robin Hood? Because I remember they said at one point there was a throw light throwaway line but her name used to be Marion like Maid Marion from Robin Hood oh that would make perfect sense yeah yeah yeah, yeah so that she could have been in Brainwood that's like you know Nottingham or whatever Sherwood 
whatever. Actually, yeah, that makes sense because she meant like the the what they say is that uh, the 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 queen was like there was some question about whether she was like even a legitimate ruler or whatever like that, and and then of course she being the archer, right? Like, yeah, yeah, this yeah. Is very much a Robin Hood. Yeah. And I liked right? how she was like. Okay, yeah, but she was a bad queen. Yeah. Like, I was like totally justified. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. I was very polite about it. <laughs> <laughs> so she, she was like Robin Hood. She was like the, a gentleman thief that was like dashing and had a merry band. I, mm-hmm. I, could, I could see that. Awesome. But I, I don't think Elaine will get that. She's very, she's, she's very like pro-noble when it comes to situations yeah. like that. I mean, that, was, that was kind of her deal. It's like, you robbed a queen? <laughs> you just don't do that. Yeah, queens rob other people. Uh, but the Trollocs charge into the ambush in the woods. It totally works. The two rivers guys like frag them. Yeah, um, the two and, like she gets to see these two rivers archers, ar- two rivers archers at work. And it's you know yeah, awesome. It's super cool. She should know about that though. Come on. Yeah, I mean these are her. These were her people. Yeah, she's like Andorian queens kind of suck. I'll be honest. <laughs> right. And but also the Aiela in there who chop them to bits. Uh, and so the, the Trollocs try to flank them down the road, and Talmanis is set up there with the dragons, and we finally see the dragons used in battle. Yeah. And it is, uh, well, you know, they get the job done. Yeah, they just dismantle the Trollocs. Like, yeah, it's funny because they're, they're like set up to to fire in uh, in series, so yeah. they fire, then reel and fire, and they they don't even get through a second round of firing before they've obliterated all the Trollocs. Mm-hmm. And the mirror draw that we're leading them just vaporized. Yeah. So, uh, uh, yeah, they can't yeah. even see where the mirror went. They're just like, they're just gone. Yeah. It's, so Elena's like, this is great. I love this. <laughs> she's like, you know, with with uh, with cannon like this, there's no, there's not going to be war anymore. Yeah. Like, there's no reason to fight. And and Brigitte is like, uh-huh. yeah, yeah. Let's we'll see about that. <laughs> yeah. Surely, right, right. No. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Brigitte so. is not into this. No. Uh, for this is understandable. This is this is a. Uh, uh, Mass destruction kind of thing, right? Yeah. It also puts her out of the job, you know. I, mean, I, I guess she could be like one of the three musketeers or something, but... She does mention that uh, before this, she would have said that a, a person with a, a bow is the most deadly kind of soldier or whatever, yeah. but yeah. Yeah, a person with a bow on a horse. Right. There's kind of, there's that historical idea that the mounted archer was like the super weapon that no one could beat up until the invention of guns. I had an interesting exchange with uh, Bentley on Twitter mm-hmm. uh, who pointed, he was talking about the, the tame Andred theory. This is what the theory that ta- Mazarin tame is demandred is called. Oh. I'm super fans, which I guess I'm not because I didn't know it was called that. I didn't know, the, I didn't even know it was a thing. Yeah. And so it, he said that it's, it's very, basically everybody thought that tame was going to be demandred is very popular theory because of course it is because it's super uh, highlighted, but apparently Robert Jordan just changed his mind about it. Like in the early notes, it, it was going to be, Demander was going to be tame, but he changed his mind later, so then he wasn't. But he pointed out something that I also missed, because you like tame showed up at the end of book five, Fires of Heaven, right? Right. And do you remember what happened right before that? The uh, other mystery that was never solved right before that. Oh, that was when uh, uh, Michael Jackson got uh, murked, right? Yeah, as Modian died. Yeah. yeah. Right. And what's the first thing that tame did in the next book when he was trying to cozy up to Rand? He tried to teach him how to channel. Yeah. He's like, why don't I give you some tips? Oh, so okay. The, the, so it would make sense. Like, Tame, Asmodian is compromised. So Tame comes in, Asmodian recognizes him, he kills him. And then he tries to take Asmodian's place as by, by posing as Master of Tame. Oh, makes total sense. That would have made a lot of sense. But, yeah. and the only reason it didn't work is because Luz Theron goes like horse nuts every time Tame is nearby because uh-huh. he knows he's Demandred. Yeah. Oh, and, so, right. and so Rand drives Tame away. Oh, man, yeah. Mm. That so, would make total sense. It, it, it drives me crazy that that is not the case. <laughs> yeah. But no, it was it was actually Grendel who killed Asmodian, apparently. And, uh, 
And Tame is just some other guy. Just some other guy, yeah. yeah. And Demandred, we don't know where Demandred is. We do not know. We know yeah. he's not Roldan yeah. from Murindy. Right. So, so yeah. yeah. We'll find out. Hopefully we find out in this book. I assume we're going to find out in this book at some point. Yeah. Uh, that, is, that is interesting. I didn't realize it was such a popular theory, but they, that makes sense, right? Yeah. I, and that would have been so satisfying. I think that would have been a really good explanation for what happened to Asmodian and an explanation for Tame. Whatever. Yeah, I yeah. guess Robert Jordan didn't like that people had guessed that so quickly, so early on. Yeah, I think that's, I don't know, I, George R. R. Martin has that same problem, I think, where he, if people guess where he's going with the story, with, then he'll he'll just, he wants to change it, you know, because he wants to surprise people. Yeah. yeah. But, you know, at some point you got to have an ending, and it's and it's okay if that ending is, you know, predictable as long as it's satisfying. Yeah, I agree. George R. R. Martin disagrees. He will never have an ending, ever. That's, that's true. Yeah, that's, that's, the, right. that's the real trick. Yeah. Yeah. Never write that last book. Yeah. Forever. I guess, I guess George R. R. Martin needs to hire someone to finish this book for him, right? Yeah, I wonder what Brandon Sanderson is going to do Yeah, you know, he, Brandon Sanderson is, like, he, he could probably knock it out over a weekend, right? Yeah, probably. <laughs> like that, that guy closes books, right? Yeah, absolutely. So he probably already has written, a, like, a, an ending to Wheel, the Game of Thrones. Just, so. He's got his fingers crossed, like, just in case. <laughs> Locked and loaded. Yeah. When that, when that moment comes, George R. R. Martin comes knocking, he's ready to deliver. Yeah. <laughs> I knew you'd come. <laughs> So that's it for this episode. Next time, we're going to talk about chapters 11 through 14 of A Memory of Light. I'm Jeff Lake. That's Jeff underscore Lake on Twitter. I'm Alice Sullivan. That's Blue Bonnet Cafe on Instagram. I'm Michael Sparkman. I still don't have one of those. If you have any comments, questions, or feedback, please drop us a line at hello at armadillo.club. We love hearing from you. And please share us with anybody you think will like us. Please give us good reviews wherever you got this. Uh, Please find out how you can give us your dollars at armadillo.club. Please like us in real life. We're just so likable. Until next time. The the light light illuminates you. you.